And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a treat. Feel the hype, spread the hype, etc. As always, if you're feeling hype and you're not spreading it, have a look at yourself, okay? If you're feeling hype and you're not spreading it, you must be some sort of a, a sociopath. Um, I don't know, I watched, I watched Don't Fuck With Cats Part 1 the other night, and I shall not be watching Part 2. Dear Lord, how people watch that sort of stuff is beyond me. Didn't sleep. I saw a cat outside. I thought, is that an omen? Is he going to fuck the cat up and then come in for me? I didn't know what was going on, but I don't like that stuff at all. Don't fuck with cats. Ugh. It's too scary because they almost caught him like three times and then they didn't. And then he was just killing. He kept on killing. So the thing, the thing with serial killers is, oh, I don't think he was a serial killer. I didn't watch part two and part three. I think he was just maybe a killer killer. Uh, maybe he wasn't ambitious enough to sort of really take his game to the next level. You know, he wasn't, uh, you know, sort of prolific, you know, he wasn't the Ricky Ponting of, of serial killers of killers. He was just a run-of-the-mill killer, you know. He's sleeping in. He's taking he's taking weekends off, you know. But your you, you, you serial killers, they're the ones they've got, you know, they've got it all in their calendar. They're waking up at, at 4 a.m. just sort of get ahead of the day. You know, win the morning, win the day. That's why some of the best serial killers, they're killing, they're killing before 8 a.m. So I watched episode one of Don't Fuck With Cats. It scared me. I won't be watching part two or part three. I don't like looking into the into the serial killer's eyes, you know. They're like great white sharks. They freak me out. You know, get out of the water. That's what I think. Uh, but anyway, um, don't know why I... So a bit admin up top, as always. God damn, the admin on this show. Dude, two years from now, this show is just going to be half an hour of admin and marketing. Um, so my anxiously arrogant comedy tour is kicking off. In Perth in a couple of weeks, Feb 3 to 14, Adelaide March 10 to 14, get the tickets on my social media. Um, I'm at Perth Fringe and Adelaide Fringe and Melbourne March 19 to April or March 24 to April 19, I should say. Sydney, April 23 to 26. They're not on sale yet, but they will be soon. Uh, Also, I'm doing Riff City in Perth for 10 shows. It's all crowd work, all improv. Come along, That's that starts January 27 to Feb 7. So you, if you're in Perth, you can see both the shows because one of them's got no material in it at all. Also, as always, the podcast is brought to you by VM Apparel. Fantastic party shirts. Get around their Instagram, their website. Uh, outrageous party shirts that will, look, they will make you more powerful. Maybe too powerful, okay? You must resist the dark side when wearing these shirts because... Because everyone's looking at you going, fuck, you look good. And you start to think, I do look good. Maybe I'm the best looking person here. And that's when you let the voices in. Next thing you know, you're locked up outside of Guzman White Gomez. So wear the shirts, look great, but don't don't get carried away with the confidence that comes with them. Uh, but yeah, get around VM Apparel. So today I'm wearing my, uh, I just picked up an all day shirt. The rapper all day, thank you. One of the lads gave it to me. He said, oh... I went through that phase when I was 17. Well, guess what, brother? I'm 25 and I'm still loving it, okay? Was I the only person above 18 at All Day's concert? Yes. Was every girl there 15? Yes. Was the concert itself still phenomenal? Absolutely. Absolutely it was. 
So I'm rocking the all-day shirt. Get around him. Guy, uh, what a guy. He's got a new song out. I'm plugging all day. He, as if he needs the help. Um, but yeah, what a time to be alive. And do you know what, guys? I just want to address one thing from the last pod. Obviously, I was having a bit of existential dread on the last pod because just turned 25 uh, and started January. Drank too much over Christmas. Just thinking like, you're a piece of shit. Got gout in my foot. Just thinking, you're, you're no good, Darcy. You know, you need to straighten up and fly right. And, you know, that was, that was, you know, I did feel those things, but I was freaking out quite a bit on the pod because what actually happened was half an hour before I sat down to record the pod, I get this text message, right? It's an anonymous text from letthemknow.org, which is uh, an organization that, uh, where you can tell people you have an STD anonymously. So you don't have to like call up some one night stand and be like, Hey, uh, you should get, you know, it's, it's, it's me, Bill. You got to get yourself checked. You don't have to do that. They, it's an organization called letthemknow.org. Anyway, so before the, the podcast last week, I'm sitting down, you know, I'm, I'm going, uh, first pod I'm recording in 2020. I'm, I'm pumped. Can't wait to get back into it. Let me catch a riff, you know? I get this text saying, Billy, my syphilis test is positive. I'm sending an anonymous SMS as I'm concerned you may be at risk. Please get a test. And then it has the website. So... Half an hour before I record the pod, get this text saying I've got syphilis. Now, is that going to put you in a good mental state to, to catch riffs and, and record yarns? Look, it's not. You're going to panic. You're going to be stressed. You, you're going to be, you're going to have a myriad of things going through your head and talking about getting drunk with the lads on the weekend isn't going to be at the top. So now I'm sitting down to do the pod. I've already got gout from drinking way too much over Christmas. Gout's gone away at this point, but I'm still like, you suck. You know, drank way too much, didn't work over Christmas. I got no money. My health is in disarray. Mum's furious. Now I've got syphilis. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, what is happening here? You know? And and I, and I think the day before I did a horrendous open mic as well, and I was off comedy as well. I was like, fuck, what a waste of time that was. But now I've got syphilis on top of all that. I'm like, oh, my God. So this is this is the reason I was freaking out a bit on the last pod. I was like, you got to get it together, Bill. It was because I thought I had syphilis. And it turns out I don't have syphilis. So I was panicking. I call up my mate, Sam. I go, mate, you ever copped one of these anonymous text messages? It's quite a strong, quite a good service, actually, when you think about it. But he goes, no, no, no. I go, oh, fuck, I've got, to get, I've got to get a test. And then he's like, oh, you're going to have to call so-and-so and tell her. And I'm like, oh, God, no, no. What is happening? You know, I'm freaking out. Um... And then I go, oh, and then uh, literally after that phone call, I go, hey, welcome to another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, it was no good. But then so like a couple of days, like I go to set up a doctor's appointment and stuff, but I've got work for like a working gig. So I set an appointment for like three days and I'm like, oh my God, this is just hell. This, this is no good. How did it? Bill, you're 25 now. You can't be having syphilis at 25. Grow up. Grow up. That's a 22-year-old's disease. And then uh, a couple of days later, it came out. My mates, freaking Sam, Sam and Mac and my mates had pranked me, which might I add is illegal to use this site in a fraudulent manner. So I didn't have syphilis. It was all a prank. What happened was I text Mac being like, Mate, have you ever copped one of these? This is like two days later. I go, oh, Mac, I forgot to tell you. I think I've got syphilis. Have you ever copped one of these anonymous text messages? 
And then I was like, mate, I'm freaking out. I can't get tested for like two days because I'm so busy. And then he screenshotted it and accidentally sent the screenshot back to me. What an idiot. So he sent the screenshot back to me. I go, mate, I've just texted you that. And he was like, ah, oh God. Bill, it was us. You don't have syphilis. Because what happened was he went to the doctors and they had the pamphlet for the letthemknow.org and he took that and then and then sent me the message. So look, let's talk about the word friendship, shall we? Because I think telling your mate he has syphilis causing him two days of anxiety and stress, is that is that friendship? I don't think it is. I don't think it's friendship at all. And uh, look, so it turns out I didn't have syphilis. Thank God. But also... That's the reason I was a bit on edge during the last pod, you know? Had a few other things on my mind, you might say. So this website, don't uh, don't don't prank people the way my mates prank me because it is illegal. I went on the website. I'm all over this shit now because I was on there going like, what the fuck? And then you start thinking, you just, you get an anonymous text saying you have syphilis. Just millions of thoughts running through your head at once. Just so many thoughts. It's just, it's too much. And... So don't, don't, don't do it. It is illegal as well. I looked on the site. So, but that's why I was a bit on edge and, uh, but I'm all good. I got no gout, gout's gone. I got no syphilis, never had it, which, you know, you love to hear. And, uh, we're, we're having a great time. So what, what a way to start the pod by announcing, you know what guys, I never had syphilis and you didn't know I almost had it, but now, you know, I definitely don't. So on this pod, we get candid and I, I listened back to a bit of the pod where I'm last week. I'm like, Oh God, I've got to stop drinking. I was like, oh geez, Bill, get it together. Um, but yeah, so uh, we roll on. We roll on. No syphilis, no worries. What a time to be alive. Um, so last weekend as well, in accordance with my Bill, you need to straighten up and fly right. Also, I should say this podcast is the closest I've, I've ever gotten to a live episode of Get Around Me because I'm recording this. This is coming out on the 16th, probably about... I don't know, 8, 8.30 a.m. It's freaking, it's 6.30 a.m. I got up early. My, my schedule was all over the place this week. So, you know what? If you're listening to this on the 16th, I recorded it today, you know? So that's that's the closest, you know, usually I record it two days out, one day out. This is lo- this is coming at you hard from the 16th of January. And if you're listening to this in, in July, you, you, don't, you just don't get it, you know what I mean? You don't get it. But also, thanks for listening. But anyway, I'm drinking an ice long black. Let me just say to all you psychopaths out there that refuse to get around ice long blacks. Firstly, if you're drinking an ice mocha, an ice latte, I don't want to hear it. Hit the road, okay? But to these psychopaths out there going, oh, it's 37 degrees. Could I get a cup of boiling hot milk with some coffee in it? One large cappuccino, please. I'm sorry, why don't I just... Why don't I just stick you in a room with heaters covering the walls and you can just dry out that way? You know what I mean? Ice long black, cold drip coffee. It's refreshing rocket fuel that will propel you to your goals. So if you're not drinking ice long blacks in 2020, have a look at yourself, okay? Because they're just superior. They're, you know, they're they're just, they're cold, they're refreshing and they just go down, you know? And you get a bit more hydration from the ice so you're not drying out. People drinking hot milk out there on a 35 degree summer day what is what is wrong with you you know that's no good so get around the ice long blacks this this podcast is an ice long black slash cold drip coffee get around cold drip coffee that shit is 
But don't have too much because it feels like someone's following you if you drink too much of that shit. But anyway, so last weekend after my freak out and then I had the whole syphilis debacle, I go, Bill, it's time to straighten it up a bit. Let's have a, let's have a quiet weekend, right? Quiet weekend achieved. I nailed it. Fantastic effort. Didn't go out. I didn't go out, out. And, uh, it was a, it was a great time. Woke up Monday morning, just going, what's next? You know, give me some goals to achieve. You know, I headbutted a bus stop, shattered the wall. Didn't have to, but I just felt like that bus stop was in the way of my goals. So that's, that's the sort of energy I was bringing to this week after a quiet weekend, you know, it felt good. Uh, but yeah, so Friday night we went out to, uh, to have a Chinese meal with the lads. And let me tell you guys, I think I've spoken about this before. Boozy Chinese with your mates is as fun as it gets. You just, everyone bring a bottle of red. It's BYO. And, uh, it's just, it's the most fun you can have at a restaurant. It really is. Everyone's lit up on red wine going like, just you, will you ruin the night of all the families there? Yeah, you will. You will, because you're being too loud and you're saying some pretty explicit things. They got their seven-year-old there, but still, you know, uh, but it was, it was a great time. I want to talk a little bit about, um, sticking to your guns and also not being afraid to stick to the classics. Okay. So at this Chinese restaurant, they got the specials board up there. We go, lads, we're treating ourselves. Let's get some specials. Let's get some entrees. And, uh, everyone's trying to order like, you know, the, the most interesting dish or whatever. So my mate Adam goes, I'll have the Mongolian lamb. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Mongolian lamb? Okay, boring guy. Is your favorite soccer formation 4-4-2? You nerd. Mongolian lamb. Would you like some plain rice with that? You boring son of a bitch. You know, everyone's like, mate, we're getting the specials. We always get Mongolian lamb. He gets absolutely harangued into next week. Harangued. Okay. So everyone's going around. My mate Macca ordered duck with crab sauce. That's the vibe, okay? Duck with crab sauce. I think it cost $147 and we didn't care. Duck and crab, dude, my name tag that night said God because that's who we were. We were playing God. Crab sauce. This animal has been reduced to a sauce, a live animal. Do you know how disrespectful that is? So we got, we got duck mixed with crab. They had another dish. There was prawns and chicken. I mean, they didn't give a fuck at this restaurant. So everyone's into Adam. And he got, he got so panicked from, from getting harangued for his Mongolian lamb that it came back around. And he just said, I'll just order the fried rice because I don't even... He, he got, I don't even know who I am anymore, let alone what I want. Okay, so everyone's ordering these crazy dishes. And it comes around to me and I say, everyone's ordering, you know, prawns and chicken, all this duck and crab sauce shit. And it comes around to me and I go... I'm getting the satay chicken, right? And everyone's like, oh, Billy, no, it's, that's, that's even more boring than Mongolian lamb. And I go, no, I like it. It's my favorite. I'm getting the satay chicken, end of discussion. And I slapped the menu shut. And I didn't, just, I didn't just slap the menu shut. I also closed the door on that conversation, okay? Because I wanted satay chicken. It's my favorite. I'm getting it, okay? I'm Billy Darcy. I'm 25. I'm wearing an all-day shirt. Don't fuck with me. Okay, so now the lads, you know, they were forced to back down because I stuck to my guns. Meanwhile, Adam over here has been reduced to a fucking puddle at the table. He's he's trying to he's uh, he's not sure what, what which fried rice to get. There's only one type, Adam. There's only one type. He's freaking out because he didn't stick to his guns. Whereas me, I looked every every bloke in the eye and I said, "Satay chicken." Okay, and do you know what the satay chicken came out? It was phenomenal. Everyone enjoyed it. 
everyone enjoyed it because I stuck to my guns, okay? And uh, it was an absolute, it was a phenomenal meal. And uh, that's that's pretty much it, really. I mean, this is this is really the uh, the downside to me not being an absolute psychopath on the weekend. Some of the stories maybe don't have the flair they used to. But, uh, but yeah, so that was, a, it was an absolute debacle, actually. All, all the food came out two hours late. At one point, um, they were just getting smashed, they reckon. But the food came out after two hours. We were just drinking wine, having fun. But at one point, I just went into the kitchen and said, actually, this is pretty wild. I went into the kitchen and I just said, like, we're an hour and a half in, we've received not a single piece of food. Uh, and the lady, you know, you know, uh, Waiters at, and waitresses at Chinese restaurants, they're the master of just going, just going fuck off, but in like a kind of like a playful way. Like we go to this lady, excuse me, it's been an hour. We have not received a single dish. And also we're dropping like 400 bucks. There's like eight of us at this table. So it's like, come on. And she goes, oh yes, we cook for you. We cook for you. And like, she just laughing, you know, like just, just proper didn't give a shit. So at one point I go, I've had enough. And was that me talking or was that the bottle of red? It was the red wine. And uh, so I go into the kitchen. I go, look, what's happening back here? Because it's been two hours. We've not received a single entree. And this chef, you know, he was dialed in. He goes, we cook for you. We cook for you. I go, God damn it. These people are like fortresses. Not even the freaking CIA. I reckon if the CIA went to this Chinese restaurant and wanted to know when their food was coming, even them with all their interrogation techniques could not break this chef and waiter. They were just impenetrable fortresses of mental solitude, you know, we cook for you, you know, are you a communist? We cook for you. There'd be no stopping them. But then the next day, uh, I was having my mate move actually, but he was, uh, he was moving house, but he was moving where you pretty much just throw 90% of your shit out. And let me just say, there is nothing more therapeutic than throwing stuff out. You know, you pick up a freaking pot. It's like, what has this pot done for me recently? You know, an old, uh, an old vacuum that doesn't work. You just think, you know what? I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you. You sit there all day, every day. You don't suck anything up. You've, you've, you haven't cleaned a room in, in two years. You were $600 retail when I bought you, Dyson. And you just you just peg it into the skip. It's fucking phenomenal. I love throwing stuff out. And it's an absolute time. And uh, But then one item caught my, uh, caught my little, my little, uh, my beady little eyes, you know. I'm, uh, I'm walking around and, and he goes, he's in, my mate Ben's in the kitchen. He's going, peg this, peg this, peg this. And then I'm, I'm doing the transporting. It's a good system. Uh, because the one thing I tried to peg, he was like, that's my mom's favorite possession. She's had it since she was a kid. And I was like, oh God, I was literally 10 seconds away from just shattering this thing into the skip pit. <laughs> so uh, he goes, he goes, peg this. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, you want me to peg this appliance? He goes, yeah, peg it. I go, does it still work? He goes, yeah, it still works. I just don't want it. I go, <laughs> it's a Breville maker or a Jaffel maker, whatever you call them. It's a Breville maker. The thing where you make the toasted sandwiches, but it like seals in the sides. I said, we will not be chucking out this beautiful appliance. I haven't had a goddamn Breville in years. This is unbelievable. So I go to the car, put it in the Metro straight away. I even put a seatbelt over it. A Breville maker in 2020. I didn't even know these things still existed. They seal, they're great because you can overstack the sandwich and then it seals it all in like a little, like a little, you know, food parcel. And then, and then when you're ready to eat 45 minutes later after it's cooled down, you get a, you get an explosion of lava in your mouth, cheese and God knows what else you put in there. 
fantastic, fantastic appliance. Now, I want to talk about flying too close to the sun now because I brought the Breville maker home and I remember my mum used to make like bacon and egg and baked bean Breville's like all in the one. And I thought, let me do something similar. I go, I'm going to do, I'm going to do ham, cheese and egg because that's what we had. So I didn't know, I didn't know that you're supposed to cook the egg before you put it in the Breville. So I cracked a raw, I, I put the first piece of bread down in the Breville maker on the ham. I make like a little, maybe like I, I position the ham so it's like a little wall around the outside of the bread. I crack a raw egg in there, put a piece of cheese and bread on top, bam, Breville it up. And I cook that for about, you know, 10, 15, whatever, normal Breville time, maybe a little bit longer, give the egg time to cook. Don't do it, guys. It didn't work at all. Um, I didn't bite into it, but I cut it open and it was just a ham and cheese toasty with a raw egg inside. So if you're going to cook eggs in a Breville, you have to cook them before they go into the Breville maker. And that's something we all found out together. I ruined a completely good Breville. A whole ham and cheese toasty was ruined. Um, but I'll tell you what we did do. We had some leftover butter chicken. We made butter chicken Breville's. Get the fuck out of town, dude. It does not get better than that. So that was that was phenomenal. And uh, what did I do Sunday? I don't know. Uh, I did... I think I did nothing Sunday. I relaxed. Relaxed. Went out for dinner Saturday night. That's the thing. If you're not going out, out, you got to go out for dinner. Did I have 10 schooners at the local bowling club? Yes, but I didn't go out, out. I was home at 11. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Um... So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want you guys to think. I don't want to be like, say this thing like, oh, you know, I used to, I used to be this way. Now I'm this way. I still drank quite a bit on the weekend, but I didn't go out, out. You know, I wasn't trying to fight a bouncer at four a.m. So, I think it was a pretty productive weekend, and uh, you can really tell that I didn't do anything crazy on the weekend by, by the the things I'm really the the stories I'm digging into. I mean, let's be honest, that Breville thing wasn't that strong. Uh, but you know, you gotta, you gotta fill this 50 minutes somehow. And, and to be honest, guys, it's my podcast. If I want to talk about a raw egg and a Breville, you can back off. It's the last time I'll say it. It's the last time I'll say it. All right. Thanking you. But I want to talk about, uh, something that's been happening to me the last couple of weeks. I think at this point it's probably, uh, it's a mistake I've made. So. We've all, so my local cafe. Now we've all had the thing where your local cafe or your local bartender is an extremely beautiful woman who you just like, oh, what a girl, what a girl. So I've started banting up the local barista and uh, is she the hottest chick on the planet? Look, yes, yes she is. But also now it's got to the, so I've been changing her a bit and stuff and you know, we have a laugh, it's good stuff, whatever. You know, she has to talk to me because she works at the cafe. So I don't know if we've been having a laugh or if she's been acting, but if she's been acting, she should win an Oscar for some of these laughs because iconic stuff. But I've been banging out the barista and I've been, I usually go out there hungover on a Sunday, you know, just looking like a, a weirdo, basically wearing the same clothes the night before, just with no shoes and like girl sunglasses. I keep finding pairs of girl sunglasses around. I don't like, I'll come home with a girl's pair of sunglasses, not mine. And they're pretty banterous. I actually like it. Um, but now, it's got to the point where I'm like, oh, I should ask this chick out, but I think I've left it too long. You know, like you got to ask a girl out, I think soonish when you meet them. Otherwise 
it kind of drifts a bit and then and then it gets harder and harder to ask them out because you start the voices in your head start going billy your hair looks shit like you know what i mean so it gets i think i've left it too long you know it's been about two or three weeks uh, probably like three weeks a month now and uh and then also the the annoying thing as well is like sometimes we'll be having a laugh and then some some pelican wants to uh wants to like order a coffee from her and it's like, mate, I'm trying to follow my heart here. Go get your latte around the corner, okay? You freaking dog. And uh, so, so then sometimes I'll be like mid mid riff, you know. You know, we we know how I riff it up, you know. I I bring the punchlines and I bring them to the cafe all the time. But so sometimes I'll be like mid sentence. Some guys like, oh, are you done ordering? And it's like, uh, so yeah, I might be done ordering my coffee, but I'm not done chasing the love of my life. Okay, I've only chatted to her a few times. That's a bit aggressive, but. You know, like, don't, don't interrupt me, mate, okay? Because, look, I can, look at you, you, you're 45, your wife, I can see her in the car, she looks furious, I don't know what you did, maybe you've been a poor lover for the last 20 years, I don't know, but your, your ship sailed, mate, okay? I'm trying to, I'm trying to make something happen here, alright? So just go, and you know, and, uh, there was, this, I will say this, the guy ordered a goddamn milkshake one time, he was like, you don't order, he goes, can I get a strawberry milkshake? Mate. I've got diabetes in a syringe right here. Let me give you a jab and you can be on your way. Fuck off. Um, but anyway, so also, <laughs> it's not his fault. He's just ordered a coffee. I am a psychopath. But, oh yeah, so now it's to the point where um, if I'm going to the cafe, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I should probably like brush my hair and have a shower, you know, which is not the point of your local cafe. You know, your local cafe, traditionally I rock in there still a bit, still a bit how you going from the night before, you know, just looking like an absolute weirdo. Give me an ice long black, shut the hell up. It's great. I love it. You know, no shoes, no worries, having a great time. No syphilis, no worries. I famously have never been to this cafe with syphilis. It's like my trademark. I walk in, they're like, Billy, you want an ice long black? I go, yep. They go, you got syphilis? They go, no. They go, fuck yeah, dude. And, uh, and so now I'm like going up there going like, oh, I should probably like, brush my hair, you know, this chick's gonna be there, and then I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, Kate, how you going, like, I'm, I'm stressed in now, you know, because I'm like, I want her to like me, so I've, I've ruined my local cafe, I've completely ruined my local cafe, because now, I feel, I, I'm, I'm on edge, you know, I'm like, oh, like, what are you doing, oh, she didn't laugh at that, she hates me, I hate myself, no, wait, hang on, I'm the man, am I, got the girl's glasses on, that was bold, why'd I do that, oh, God, just give me a goddamn ice long black, you know, I've ruined my local cafe, so I either need to pull the trigger and ask this chick, but that's the other thing. If I ask her and she says, no, I can never go there again. And I love this cafe. So it's all happening at this cafe. And, and you know, it is a great cafe. I refuse to go somewhere else because it's kind of a, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool spot. It's a cool spot. And I like going up there and riding a bit as well. It's the place I go to ride. If I go to a cafe, I'll go to this one, you know, just get lit up on, on ice long blacks and just be, Riding away, am I thinking, hey, what's, what, has anyone ever thought about what's the deal with possums? You know, I'm writing hot, hot takes like that all the time. So I've, I've ruined my local cafe basically by, by basically getting a crush on the main barista. So now I've got to, I've, I've got to pull the trigger and either ask her out or, uh, just go back to a life of, uh, friendship and solitude. So I got to do that. I've got to ask her out. It's the only way. And I must do it. Okay, what's today? The 16th. I'm going to, if she's working, if I see her this weekend, I'm going to try and ask her out. I'm going to say that on the pod to hold myself to some accountability here. 
because I've bitched out the last two times. Well, I've been like interrupted, you know, you don't just, you can't just be like, Hey, I want to, uh, can I get a nice long black? What are you doing tomorrow night? You know, you got to bant it up a bit. And the last couple of times I've been trying to bant it up. Some fat fuck wants a milkshake. So it's like, you know, you try to follow your heart, but anyway, I'm going to try and I got, I got to ask her out this weekend. I reckon, just, uh, yeah, to reclaim my cafe or I got to say even worse. If I ask her out, she says no. Or I ask her out, she says, yes, we go on one day and it goes horrifically. That's probably even worse than a no. But look, I've got to be in the mix either way. So I'm going to ask her out this weekend. That's a, and if I, if I hold me, hold me to this because this has been, this is just out of hand. I've got to pull the trigger. All right. I've got to fix this camera as well. Oh, okay. So, you know what? What a time to be alive. Um, so I had a couple of things to talk about and hot topics, hot topics this week. Um, so that syphilis text open said syphilis a lot on this one, quite a bit bluer than usual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is not a bad story. So yesterday I had a screen test at pedestrian TV. Um, so as we know, I famously been, uh, uh, rejected from almost every major media outlet in Australia and uh, pedestrian TV. I've been in there a couple times before to, for castings or like to go for things. Um, so this one is probably, this one actually went not horrifically, which is unusual for me. Usually I get laughed out of these buildings, you know, and uh, pedestrian TV, you know, what a, what a place. It's very cool. You know, you go into the office, it's like a sick office. Everyone there is exactly 25 years old. Not older, not younger. They're all 25. I think at 26, um, you either have to go work for News Corp or they kill you. I, I'm not sure how it works. But you go in there. So I'm in the, the lobby downstairs. They gave me like a like a freaking script to say or whatever. I'm looking at this script and uh, this guy comes out and I'm, I'm already thinking like, I've already worn like cut off jeans, Converse and, I, and I've, I've worn my mall rat shirt just to let him know, just to t- try and tone down the laddiness a bit. You know, I think everyone... I think a lot of people in the comedy entertainment world think I'm just a, a, a massive lad, you know, not woke or whatever. And they are, they think that because it's 100% true. So I try to tone that down a bit with the mall rat shirt and the cutoff jeans, try and fit in a bit more, you know, try not to look like a guy who, who freaking drinks on his roof. So, and immediately I get in the lift and I'm, the guy in the lift with me has got, um, so I'm wearing like slight cutoffs. He's got like two thirds jeans. He's got like bleach blonde hair a big cotton shirt and one of those pullover bags. Like he's just gone to the market. I just go, fucking hell, here we go. Here we go. So I get in there. Every girl there is the hottest chick you've ever seen. And they're also dressed like, they're wearing like three tablecloths at the same time, but it looks good. Doc Martens everywhere. It's going off. It's They've got like the, the croc slash Doc Martens. There's weird socks everywhere. I've never seen so many fringes. I was in fringe heaven. You know, every girl had a fringe. I was like, oh my God. Uh, but so you see, you sit down there, they give you a freaking San Pellegrino or whatever. And you know, this, I, I, at this point, I'm just like, look, whatever, whatever happens, happens. This was just for a general screen test. It wasn't even for anything. It's just like, they might use you for something if they like you. Like it wasn't even for anything. But at this point, I'm just like, I think in the past, I've tried to be too funny in these things. You know, every time I go for these things. So I go, I'm not even gonna try to be that funny this time. Like whatever happens. Uh, it'll be, it'll be sweet either way. 
So I go in there because, you know, this is like, well, at this point I've been, yeah, I've, I've never gotten anything I've gone for, like anything. So we had, I've, I've had the freaking, the Triple M radio debacle. I went back there and it went better, but still nothing. And then uh, I had Junkie, there was an incident at Junkie. Well, not an incident, but it didn't go well. Uh, I've been to pedestrian TV a couple of times. I had the Fox Sports TV debacle. Then I had the Fox Sports podcast issue where that, that didn't get off the ground. And then I had, I've been to, oh, I had uh, some other sporting news company. The sporting news company one really hurt because they were like, we just want you to be you. <laughs> like we, we absolutely love you and your, what you do and your jokes and that. We just want you to come in and just be you and do your own like cricket themed little short, short thing. I go, they go, just be Billy Darcy. That's all we want. I go, you want me to be Billy Darcy? I go, I am Billy Darcy. This is going to be, oh, in the bag, you know, from half court. It's in. So I go in there, I be myself and they were like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and I go, no, that was, that was Billy Darcy, me, Billy Darcy. And they're like, whoa, not even close to what we wanted. Hit the road. Okay. Hit the road. So, and then there's been a couple of other small things, but, um, so yeah, I've never gotten, I've never gotten anything, but I had, I, at this point, I just think, I just thought, let me just try and not even be that funny because I think I'm trying to be too funny and I'm coming across a bit scattered in these auditions or whatever. So I go in there, the, uh, the chick who's producing it, is she the hottest chick I've ever seen? She is. Okay. She is. If anything, it made me, I, I thought it made me rise to the occasion. The camera guy looked like machine gun Kelly. Guy looked cool as shit, you know? So it was bizarre. And uh, everyone there is just so good looking. It's crazy. So I do this freaking, they go, oh, this is great. They go, they go in the email. They're like, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, they go like where you're from, what you're about, you know, who you are, any fun facts, um, you know, your background, maybe some travel stories, where you've been, where you want to go. And then in brackets, the end of it goes under one minute. <laughs> so it's like, you. so it's like, tell us everything about yourself, but keep it to exactly 59 seconds. So that was wild. So then I did that bit and that's just, I don't, I don't know how you can do those, tell us a bit about yourselves and not just be like, God, I'm a piece of shit, you know? But, um, so I do that and then, uh, I'm reading off the teleprompter and she's like, how fast do you want it? I go, oh, I, I, I don't know. Cause the only time I've ever used a teleprompter was in other castings I did that I was not selected for, or when my mate Tarlin who works at Channel 9, let me and Macca go on the Channel 9 news desk in Perth. And he, he let us read a bulletin. And I was, I'd was i had five pints by that stage as well. So that's the only experience I've had on a teleprompter. So she gets the teleprompter. I've got to read this script and then do that a few times. And then i got to um, ask some other questions. Like, I don't know, weird, weird questions. It's like they're trying to... It's like they're trying to catch you out for being racist or something. They're like, tell us a bit about yourself. Now, what's three things people would never expect about you? Now, what's what's a real big secret of yours? You know, it's like they're waiting for you to just go, yeah, so I'm Billy Darcy. I'm 25 and I'm actually just fucking racist as shit, you know? <laughs> and they're like, ah, we got you. We, we knew it. We knew you were racist. And you're like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said it. You know, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I hate black people. So, and then they're like, we got you. We got you. You know, they, they're constantly prying away. Tell us, tell us three things we could look at you and not expect. Like, it's just like, just, you know, get around the Facebook page. What more do you want? Um, and then 
oh, I had to read this last script at the end. Like, a, uh, it's just scripts on scripts on scripts. And and she goes, you can either just read it off the paper or I can put it on the teleprompter. I go, oh, just put it on the teleprompter, please. And she goes, oh, that's good. You know your strengths. And I go, my strengths? I've never had a goddamn strength in the media world of my life. This is the first time I've ever had anyone say I've got a strength. This is fantastic. I go, apparently my strength is the teleprompter. Can you believe it? I've never teleprompted before ever, except for that one time at Channel 9. So that was the first time I've ever received any positive feedback from a media outlet. So thank you, uh, what was her name? Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. You made my day with that, with that, with that seemingly innocuous compliment. So yeah, I don't know if anything will come for that, but it's still, it's still probably the best I've ever gone. So that's that's exciting, and and also it wasn't for anything. So there's there's absolutely no hopes. It was just a general uh, general screen test, and my friend got it for me. They didn't even want me to come in. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, still the best I've ever got. And then go to the pub across the road, have a few beers. I'm thinking, how good's this? And and you're know one of the life's great pleasures. I'm sitting in the pub by myself, having a schooner, just doing a bit of people watching. You know, I'm I'm on the I'm on the bar facing out the window, doing a bit of people watching, and it's it's great. I'm loving it, you know? And uh, there's this like, there's this like ice junkie outside and she's like, just scratching at the concrete, like kind of walking around and all these, all these blokes in the pub are like laughing at her. They go, mate, she's been out there for three hours. I go, right. Oh, like outside this window. They go, yeah, yeah. She, she keeps trying to get grass out of the uh, concrete to put in her crack pipe. I go, right. And they're all laughing. I'm thinking, well, you know, not to be, you know, I don't know. Well, I thought it was funny because like these guys like, yeah, she's been out there for three hours. I go, right. Well, it's 3.30. That means you've been at the pub since midday on a Wednesday. So we got a bunch of alcoholics laughing at a drug addict, you know, talk about the pot calling the kettle black over here. This guy's on his freaking 10th schooner by three o'clock on a Wednesday. He's going, oh, look at this. Look at this person addicted to a substance, eh? <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> loser. So I thought there was a bit of irony in that, but, uh, and then I did a I did a gig after that. And it's just it's just good times, you know. It's just bloody good times. And I got a couple more things I want to say, and then and then I got to go to go to work because that's the thing when you do a podcast in the morning, you got to then do the rest of your day. Um. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. I got to. I want to get around someone right now. We're going to do a get around me and then I got a story and then I think we'll leave it there. So I want to get around Michael Clark. Okay. Michael Clark has copped so much shit. Australian cricket legend, Michael Clark averages like 50 in test cricket. Freaking absolute legend of the game. Everyone hates him. Okay. And I want to get around him because he was my hero growing up and, and I think he deserves more credit. Okay. So a few things about Michael Clark. Firstly, he rocked the blonde locks when, Let's be honest, they, they weren't that... He came in 2005, that was more of a 2003 look. He didn't give a fuck, okay? He, he absolutely, he, he smashed it early. But then, the thing with Michael Clark that people people just don't realize is, look, and, and do you want Clarky? I've got to say this, people don't like you because your commentary sucks. And I love you. Your commentary, it's not good, that's okay. We can leave it there. You know, I think you've just been media trained into the ground. I don't think you've had an original thought since 2007. It's not your fault. Cricket Australia, you know, they... They turn these guys into zombies. And uh, so I think that's why people hate Clarkie. But you've got to keep in mind, Clarkie, what a guy. He was dating Lara Bingle at like 23. One of the hottest chicks in Australia. Guy's absolutely killing it, you know? Now, she used to go out with Brendan Favola. 
Now that's what we call it, people. A lot of people don't know this. Favola is actually Latin for red flag. Now look, big Fev. If he's dated a girl, I don't want to be. I don't want to be around her. Okay, because that guy is a psychopath. Okay, Clark. He goes. Do you know what? Brendan Favola, one of the best AFL players in the country. Hit the road. Okay, I'm Michael Clark. I just got 150 in India. Suck my dick. You know what? You travel to Geelong. Beat it. I'm all over the world getting it done. So he, he he's got Lara Bengal. Now. He's the it guy. He's doing it. He gets dropped. He comes back. Then Lara Bingle turns into a psychopath. He goes, don't worry. He leaves. He's engaged to her. He leaves this tour in New Zealand, right? They're on tour in New Zealand. Lara Bingle's chewing his ear off being a psycho. He goes, lads, sorry, I've just got to duck back across the pond to Sydney. He gets to the airport. He goes, meet me at the airport. He goes, hey, Lara, hit the road, okay? You're a psycho. I'm Michael Clark. I can do better. See you later. Get back to Fev, you know? See if that fat fuck wants to still fuck you. Of course he does, because he's put on 40 kilos and he can't get anyone else. So Mark like mid-tour, fucks off of his fiance, gets straight back to it. He go he literally goes, Alright, Lara, uh, get all your shit out of my house and uh shit, we got a test match tomorrow. I'll see you later. The efficiency of this man, you know? Famously had Simon Cadditch pin him up against a wall, try to beat the shit out of him in a dressing room. You think that would rattle him? Nah. Simon Cadditch is a very hairy man, and hairy men are more intimidating. That's a fact. So you got Simon Cadditch pinning him up against the wall going, you piece of shit, Clarky, I'll kill you. And Clarky's just like, will you, mate? Because I'm Michael Clark. I'm the biggest name around. You're not going to touch me, you know? So, look, Clarky, I think at times he put he put Lara before the team, and that's what Cadditch was into him about. But still, if, if Simon Cadditch pins me up against the wall, I'm having a form slump after that. Not Clarky, just kept hitting hundreds, double hundreds, triple hundreds. He had a triple hundred with no no sponsor. What a guy, you know? What? And then, and then, so he's fucked off Lara Bingle. And you know what? People hate Lara Bingle, but she is outrageously attractive, whether you like it or not. You know, some guys are like, oh, dude, she's not even hot. She's just like a, like a skank. It's like, mate, okay, five out of 10 from the suburbs of Melbourne. Shut up. Lara Bingle is so hot, Okay. So he's fucked her off and you think, nah, how's he going to do better than that? Well, Michael Clark can do anything and he's upgraded from Lara Bingle, if you can believe that or not. His new wife is hotter than Lara Bingle. She's a brunette. Does that mean she's not as crazy? It does. Stereotypes are always true. So he's got this new brunette. He's even hotter than Lara Bingle. He's the captain. He's breaking records left and right. Then he breaks his back. He's got like some back condition. Breaks his back just before the World Cup. And they go, there's no way he's going to play. There's no way. Clarky goes, do you know what? I've got my freaking, my hot brunette misses in one hand. And I've got some deep heat cream in the other. I'll see you at the World Cup, lads. Does this crazy training rehabilitation regime. Comes back, plays the World Cup and wins. He simply cannot be stopped. He cannot be stopped. Now, by the end, he kind of had a weird, he had a weird retirement because... I will say this, the best retirement in cricket history was Mike Hussey because he retired and then they said, Huss, we need you to come on this next tour. And he said, nah, dude, Huss is out. That's the best way to retire when they don't want you to. And you just get to give the selector the middle finger. You know, you just go, you know what, mate, I'm fucking sick of you. Clarkie retired and pretty much every former cricketer he's played with (laughs) went on the Today Show to, to specifically talk about what a piece of shit he is. I'm looking at you, Matthew Hayden and Andrew Simons. Now, 
I don't know. I don't know what Clark he's done, but I know he couldn't possibly be that bad of a bloke. You know, I've never met him, but I like his uh, when he flicks the ball off off stub through mid wicket. I like it a lot. Okay, so he's got he's got pretty much every former cricketer saying what a piece of shit he is. He still lands a media job with that sort of reputation. That's how charming this bloke is. You know, do you have any references? Well, Matthew Hayden wants to kill me. Can you start on Monday? You know, what a guy. What a guy. He's also famously one of the only cricketers alongside Brett Lee to pull off both both blonde and brunette. Not even Warney's attempted that shit, okay? Blonde and brunette, and he looks equally as cool with both. Now, that's something we've not seen before. And Brett Lee, he's only just recently tried brunette. You know, he was... He was hanging in. Clarky, he was going back and forth for a bit. Now he's brunette, but he and now he's got he's got the grey flicks in there. He's doing the silver fox thing. The thing with Clarky is people hate him. La- Lara Bingle, look, I gotta say, Lara Bingle, fair play to her, because she upgraded as well. She's dating Sam Worthington now, who is a, a famous Hollywood actor, who's also Australian, so that's the double. And uh so fair play to her as well. But the thing with Clarky is he just can't be stopped, you know? He just cannot be stopped. And what is it? The 16th of January, 2020. He still can't be stopped. He's got a commentary job. He's a multi, multi-millionaire. His wife is aging at the slowest pace I've ever seen. She still looks 23. She's the hottest chick I've ever seen in my life. You know? And he's just the fucking man. He's still... His, his test record was amazing. He never did 2020 cricket. He retires and just goes, do you know what? I could go play for freaking the Barbados who gives a fucks in the West Indies and make millions of dollars. But I don't care. I'm Michael Clark. My hair looks too good to ever go in a helmet again. You know? So I love Clarky. I love everything he's about. I love... I love... I almost love him because so much pe- so many people hate him. You know when people get so hated, you go... Something's off here. He can't be this bad of a bloke. So I love him. And, and get around him. You know, I, I feel like... He, you know, everyone's always... No one gets around... Are we forgetting he was like the best batsman in the world for 10 years? or eight years, five years, you know, whatever. Unbelievable cricketer. And no one ever talks about it, you know, just because, I don't, I don't know what he did. I think he m- might have had a cruiser at a freaking, at a freaking, uh, in the dressing room once and everyone's been off him since. I'm not sure what he did, but people don't like Clarkie, but I do. What a guy. Thank you, Clarkie. And, uh, yeah, so then, so the last thing I'm going to do, I thought this could be a good idea. Um, so my first, uh, let me get into this last long back real quick. Oh my God, refreshing. Thank God no one watches uh, the YouTube because I just spat everywhere. Whoops. But also you should watch the YouTube. I'm wearing this sick all day shirt. Got the sign up. The sign's looking fucking sick. Dude, my hair's looking pretty good this morning as well. And it was touch and go because like I said, I'm doing this early morning pod. I thought, fuck, is my hair going to be up to it? You you fucking better believe it. So uh, my first... I think uh, maybe three or three years of stand-up. After every gig, I had like a journal I was doing, like a gig journal. So after every gig, I'd write like a little a journal post because I thought it'll be good for my autobiography one day. And then I was thinking, then I was thinking maybe I could do a book one day. Like I don't know. I just thought, literally, as soon as I started comedy, I was like, well, next stop arenas. I'm gonna have a book at some point. I'll want to document the early days. And you know what? You think I'm joking? I'm not. This is actually the thought process I had. So, like I said, I'm a psychopath, okay? I don't have syphilis, and I've got no worries. So that's that's how it is. Um, 
So I've, the first three is my stand-up. I've got like a, a little journal post for each gig I did. So I thought maybe I could go through some of these because there's a lot of wild gigs, you know. And uh, so I thought I'd go through some of them and um, and uh, tell some stories. So the one I chose, I was like literally two months into stand-up. is my first ever paid gig. Um, it was at the Tarrant Point Hotel in Cronulla for this promoter called Dante Dewan. This Las Vegas guy. Uh, he's probably the craziest bloke you'll ever come across and he's literally a psycho but and he runs these gigs and like but when you're starting out he's pretty much the only person that would book me or pay me or book me for free at all like so um and i did his gigs for like years so they're you know i don't do them anymore thank god but so this is also i didn't have my own car and it's like in cronulla i live in the north so it's about look one uh, hour and a half two hours on public transport to get down there from my house so I go all the way down there. It's paying like 60 bucks for eight minutes, I think. So literally get a like a bus a, and two trains and then I got to walk a bit. Get to this Tarrant Point Hotel. It's, they're doing like, uh, it's a pretty rough pub. They're doing, um, what do you call it when there's like topless chicks around? They've got a name for it. It's like, I don't know. They got the topless barmaids. There's a name for it, but I can't remember it. They got the topless barmaids going around and uh, before the show and... I mean, one of the bartenders is just the hottest chick I've ever seen. And chatting to her, I'm like, oh, I'm here for the comedy because, like, I still, I'm like, I'm a comedian now. This is sick. I'm like, two months in. And uh, there's like maybe 10 acts on, and it's maybe like 80 people there or whatever. Everyone's pretty old. And this is before I realized old people, like, not really my shtick as much. Um, so everyone's pretty old. It's like a pretty rough pub. I'm on last. I go, holy shit, I'm goddamn headlining. This is cr- this meteoric rise is unbelievable, and then I realized when all the other comedians were leaving after their spot, I realized all the good comedians asked to be on earlier so they could get the fuck out of Cronulla, and that makes a lot of sense. So I thought I was headlining. Turns out I was just the only I was the worst comedian. So he just put me on last because all the good comedians um, were like, "I want to leave," and he was like, "Yeah, totally." So I was getting like sixty bucks for eight minutes. The guy goes. Dante goes, you got to do eight minutes. I have maybe four. I go, right. So I go to my phone, my notes. I look up a couple of jokes I've never even said before on stage. Got to pat out this eight minutes. I write a f- couple of notes on my hand. Because uh, I'm like, I'm never, I'll never remember this shit. There's no way I can do eight minutes. And uh, so I go, I go up there. It's a long night. And this, when I first start, I'll have like a couple of beers before I go on. But then this is a long night. So I've had like six beers before I go on because it's like a two hour show and I'm on last. So I go on last crowds tired. There's like 80, 60 year olds out there and I am, I'm going okay. And then I get onto the new shit and I am bombing, aggressively bombing. And I'm looking at my hand and I'm like, Oh, this next one you're going to love. Like I'm looking at my hand going like, what's up? And I'm bombing and it's just uncomfortable and the show should have ended before I went on. And you know, I'm going down and people are like it. And then I do my, I did it. So I had two minutes at the start and then I had two minutes at the end. And I had four minutes in the middle where I was just like, what the fuck? So the four minutes in the middle, is just complete silence. And I'm reading off my hand. These old people have had enough. And then I do like the last joke. And I go, like, oh, all right, thank you. And the last joke went okay, but it was a hard bomb. It was so uncomfortable. I was panicking up there. I was, I was drunk. I was reading off my hand. It was not good. So then I go, Jesus Christ, let me flee the scene of this absolute mess. And uh, also it's like 11 o'clock and I've got a two hour commute home. So 
I go, I go to this uh, this Dante guy. He goes, gives me the envelope with the cash in. It's like sixty bucks or whatever. And he goes, he goes, here's your money. And then I go to grab it, and he pulls the money back and goes, you don't deserve it. I go, what? It's my first ever paid gig. He goes, you don't deserve it. I go, yeah. What's well, what happened? Like I bombed, but like it wasn't, you know, I bombed. Whatever. <laughs> that happens. Give me the fucking money. And uh, he goes, you don't deserve it. He goes, you read off your hand. That was the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen in 25 years in the business. Don't contact me again for any gigs for at least three months until you're ready to be a professional. And I'm thinking, I'm not a professional. I've been doing this for two months. This was a booking error on your part, okay? Eight minutes. You're out to lunch if you think I've got eight minutes. Anyway, so he gives me the money. So now I'm just like completely dejected. I'm just, I'm walking to the train going like, oh God, because this is the only guy in Sydney that would book me for any gigs. And he just said, I'll never book you. For, I'm not booking you for any gigs for like three months. I go, fuck, I've been banned by the only booker that will have me. This 60 bucks isn't feeling so good because he said, I don't deserve it. I'm like, oh my God. You know, I'm headphones in, I'm listening to Avril Lavigne going like, it's all over. And then I run into these blokes outside, these young guys who are at the show and they go, Oh, mate, don't worry about it. Like, you, you weren't too bad. Like, they're like my age. They're like legends, like 19 or whatever. And uh, they go, uh, we're getting the courtesy bus to the train station. Do you want to get... And I go, because it was like a bit of a walk to the train station. I go, mate, that'd be fucking phenomenal. So we're getting the courtesy bus and they go, they're like pulling out a, a bag at the back. They go, oh man, like we're going to, um, we're going to smoke some crack at the train station. Do you want to join us? And I go, ha ha, classic lads. You you goddamn rap scallions. And they go, nah, seriously, dude, like it's so much better than just doing coke. Like you got to try it. And I go, and now if, if you ever uh, offered crack at 19, this is the answer I gave. And this is the answer you should give as well. I said, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to smoke crack at a train station in Cronulla. Lads, okay, I appreciate the courtesy bus, but it's going to have to be a no from me. The foot, and they go, nah, dude, honestly, once you try it, you won't look back. And I go, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. That's how... Crack works, you psychos. Okay, so look, lads, I don't want any crack. I just want to sit on the train and listen to Avril Lavigne in peace. So I get on the train. I've, I've turned the crack down. I get on the other train, thank God. Get home at freaking like 2 a.m. Got this 60 bucks. I'm just like, oh God, my career is over. <laughs> and uh, it's my first pay gig. It could not have gone worse. And But I'm glad I didn't do the crack. I mean, who knows where we'd be if I tried that crack. I could be a crackhead. We don't know. I feel like you don't know until you try it, you know? That's why, so, I don't know. So that was my first ever paid gig. I thought it was a, a fun one. So I got I got loads of wild stories from my years of just doing fucking wild gigs. So I think that could be a good segment. Anyway, uh, it's 54 minutes. Look, it's not a competition, but the pod's usually 45. So nine minutes of bonus cont in there for you. That's short for content. Uh, but just come see me live, your dogs. And... Uh, God, my stand-up is good. And the new show is going to be sick and you got to come. And I'll be in Perth from January 27. My show starts February 3rd. Anxiously arrogant. Fuck yeah, dude. Anyway, tell your fucking friends. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's stronger than me, don't you wait too long, wait too long Oh, I, oh, I, oh